Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sharing Everything. We are your hosts, Joe, Katie, Balecki. and Katie. Yeah, <laughs> and and Katie Balecki, Joe, and Katie Balecki, and we're married. Yay! And uh, we like making each other watch movies that we like. Katie, what movie did we watch this week? We watched the Blair Witch Project, the old one, not the new one. Yes. Well, that's it's it's a uh, it's easy to distinguish as the first one is called the Blair Witch Project, and the new Adam Wingard one is just called Blair Witch Project, ah. or just Blair Witch even. They just had to get rid of that. The well, you know, people are passive, and we need to <laughs> we need to make everything real easy. Uh, so we watched the original one. I watched it. It was we since it's uh, since I'm the man. I got to decide first what movie we would watch. Yes, that's how it works. Uh, and so we chose, or I chose the Blair Witch Project, which I watched. I think last year. Um, the way that you are supposed to watch movies, you know, in bed on a laptop. Hmm. I've watched many movies like that. Yeah, it was on. It was on Netflix at at one point, and um, it is not anymore. No. So we actually went down to our local video store and we rented it for. Did you know those still existed? They. Oh man. <laughs> Do they ever? And um. And yeah, so I made I made Katie watch it. And uh, what did you think? Well, I liked it. The only thing I knew about it was based on like parodies in other movies and shows okay. and stuff. So I didn't actually know really what it was about. I knew it was supposed to be a horror movie. And I knew that it was a found footage film. But that's pretty much all I knew going into it. But I liked it. Okay. Yes. What is it about? What is it about? Yeah, it, assuming assuming that there are people like you out there mm-hmm. who who have not seen this movie. Okay. You having just seen it, describe this movie. Okay, well, it's about this group of three college students. Um, Heather, Josh, and somebody. Mike. Mike. And Heather's making a project, the Blair Witch Project, about the Blair Witch it's a video project that she's making she and the two guys are going to go into the woods to try and capture footage of the entity that is the Blair Witch so they go into the woods they they film things and they get spooked by some by some scary things throughout their stay in the woods there's there's a lot of spoopy yeah. Um, so this is this is a podcast where we're not going to be afraid of spoilers. Okay. Cool. Um, this movie came out 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so watch it if you haven't. And um, there you go. This podcast will still be here. Pause now, and come back in in an hour and 30 minutes when you've seen this movie. Welcome back, everyone, to uh, to sharing everything. We're glad you could join us after. So now you've just seen the Blair Witch Project as well, and um, I'm sure now that now that you've seen it, you are well ready to go along this journey with us. So I think when we met, um, when we were going through the sort of general like 
what are you into probing questions like what music Mm -hmm. do you like are your parents crazy what kind of (laughs) movies do you like um i think the first thing you said for movies was that you like horror movies yeah i probably said scary movies but yeah Yeah. and i don't really know if there's a difference between those two or if it was just my choice of words but i'm pretty sure i said scary movies probably that that does fit your personality (laughs) a little bit more than than just saying um horror movies so so what is it about scary movies or or horror movies or or thrillers Mm -hmm. that you like um i would say i like i like the feeling of being scared but knowing that what i'm scared of in this movie is not something that is ever going to happen to me in real life so i can safely be afraid of it and then once the movie's over be like yep not scared it was just a movie okay well so that's something i noticed that while we were watching the movie probably into the 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 third act in the last third of the movie um multiple times during during (laughs) our watch through of it you're like so we're not we're not ever gonna go into the woods like yeah i did say that a couple times like height light hiking is a thing that i like i don't know if i'm allowed to to do that anymore i mean you can you can go hiking in the woods but you cannot like go into the woods with the intent of pitching a tent and staying there and trying to find the Blair Witch. That's not a thing okay. you can do. So I can't go to Maine? It was in Maine or it was, it was in Massachusetts? I think it was Maine. I think it was Maine. Yeah. Um, so I can't do that. <laughs> no. I can't I can't join our 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 friend Ethan on his on his yearly family Sasquatch uh things. Is that a thing? Yeah, no, they they go squatching. Oh, how did I not know that? I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a thing that that Ethan and and his brothers and dad do. Okay. Well, actually, though, I think Sasquatch Sasquatch whoa is a little different than the Blair Witch. I think Sasquatch is like a friendly dude who's just a little bit misunderstood. But oh. I think the Blair Witch she's she's kind of evil. So so you're you're Sasquatch like he's one of those like hippie he like he smokes weed. No, right? he's like, like the, he's like the Scooby Doo Sasquatch. Like you know from he's a, he's a man in a mask. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh I think it's like a... I I don't think it's like this big creature. I think it's just a dude living out in the woods. Some weird ass dude. Yeah. Mm. The Burning Man just never ended for this man. I guess. He's just just out there. (laughs) Yeah. He's doing it. Can't get enough. Just waiting for Electric Forest Festival to roll around again. Yeah. He blends Um, in there. Yeah. He just throws on a a string cheese incident t-shirt and he's good to go. That reference was lost on they're, me. They're a band that play at Electric Forest all the time. They're like the the big thing. Okay. For, it's an audio show. I raised my fist and shook it for emphasis. <laughs> um, okay. So, so what sort of things in horror movies scare you? Like, what type of horror movies do you like? Um, I think I would say that I like the like the psychological thriller type movies more okay. than I like the the jump scare kind of movies. Okay. Um. But, I mean, I could probably watch any horror movie and be okay with it. I mean, we've watched, we've watched uh, our share of, of horror movies yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I'm not, n- normally, I'm not bawling in the corner when the movie is over, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you freaked out more during that scene in Road Trip where Tom Green eats the mouse. <gasps> that than, was uh, terrible. That Because that mouse. was unexpected. It wasn't a scary movie. And that just came out of nowhere. 
That was not okay. I mean, it was like an in-character thing for him to do, though. But, yeah, it was gross. <laughs> yeah, no, it was gross, that's for sure. Um, so so one thing I was thinking of, um, we, we also recently watched Don't Breathe. Mm-hmm. And the whole time we were watching it, I was thinking of sort of... Uh, a, a dichotomy in in horror. I feel like there's suspense and there's dread, right? Mm. So the jump care jump scares come from suspense, um, because it's tense and what's what's coming, what's coming, what's coming, and then brr, and it yes. uses the suspense <laughs> to to scare you. Whereas dread is like I know what's going to happen. There's nothing that's going to surprise me. Like, dread is, I know that they won't get out of here. Suspense is, oh, are they going to make it? Are they going to make it? So, um, at least during the the first part of Don't Breathe, and and this will wrap around to to Blair Witch Project. The first part of Don't Breathe, I I was like, oh, this is going to be a dread movie. Mm -hmm. Because I knew from the trailer that one dude was going to get shot. It's in the trailer. And then at the beginning of Don't Breathe... Dude is dragging the girl character by her hair down the street. Yeah. And I was like, oh, dope. They're all going to die. I can now watch the movie believing that they're all going to die and, and sort of let the dread of it um, be my entertainment rather than, like, the question, are they going to get out of here? Mm-hmm. Whether or not that movie was that is a different discussion. With The Blair Witch, when I first watched it... Um, it was a dread movie. It wasn't a suspense movie. Because okay. I knew... Well, they tell you right at the beginning. Like, three kids go off into the woods. They mm-hmm. never came back. And this is the footage that we found. And I'm like, sick. They're all going to die. And that's okay for me in a movie. Um, because then, like, that's that's just kind of like... The, the horror comes from, like, there's a little bit of suspense sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, oh... But it, it's 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 sort of um, it's like me Earl and the dying girl, yeah. right? Where like at one point he lies to you and is like, "No, she she's fine." Yeah. <laughs> I told you that she was going to die, but I lied, and it turns out like that's a lie too. Mm-hmm. And um, like that's like that's what dread does, right? It kind of goes through that those like uh, those like stages of of grief and acceptance mm. where it's like you're kind of in denial the whole movie where you're like, "No, but they're." They're gonna, they're gonna be okay. They're gonna get out. They're gonna be okay. And and it's just like over and over, it just beats you over the head with like, no, they're not. They're not going to be okay. And I think Blair Witch does that really well, because um, it starts out by telling you they're they're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, just like every time you think it might be okay, like it, the movie reminds you that it's not going to be okay. I never thought it was going to be okay, though. No? No. I always thought they were screwed from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I didn't think they were ever... I didn't think they were going to get out. I didn't think everything was going to be okay. But I will say that I did not expect the ending. Okay. So let's talk about the ending. Okay. Um, So I was very confused at the ending at first, but then Mm -hmm. I made some sort of offhand comment to you, and you like kind of explained it to me. You told me that it had to do with the campfire story that the guy whose name i already forgot again um he was telling about the guy well it was one of the people they were interviewing in the town oh oh that's right yeah so they said some like some 
like tale of this creepy guy in the woods like mm-hmm. taking kids two by two down into the basement and killing one of them and having the other one stand in the corner yeah and so then when we got to the end of the movie and there's this like house in the middle of the woods mm-hmm. and they think that they hear the guy screaming in there mm-hmm. which i was like whoa what is this mm-hmm. and so they go in there and they they first they think they're hearing him upstairs so they go upstairs and he's not there and then they think they're hearing him downstairs and he's not down there and so then the the guy mike is that his name why can't i yeah, remember mike's Mike. name the, the fat guy was mike okay fat mike. mike see like josh and heather character. i know them but i can't yeah. think of mike so and then mike he goes down into the basement and then you hear uh heather like screaming or something mm-hmm. and then you she goes down into the basement and you see the guy just standing in the corner yeah, you see mike standing in the corner but like is he dead i don't know he's just standing he's just, in the corner if he was dead he would have fallen over yeah, he's just standing in the corner. So he's standing in the corner. So that then makes you think that there's a guy and there's being like standing in the corner. And then you hear Heather like scream and then her camera falls to the floor mm-hmm. and then you hear a thud. And then that's the and end. Then it ends. That's the end of the movie. Yes. Like so, ugh. So what did you ugh. think about the ending before before I move on into my point? I liked the ending. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. It was cool. Because it wasn't like a big thing. Yeah. And, and this is the brilliance of the Blair Witch Project that they don't ever get in any other found footage movie. It's almost a radio drama with mm. some pictures, right? So found footage movies, I've watched a bunch of them. Yeah, I've watched a um, few. We watched Chronicle together with your dad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I've seen Cloverfield I saw that with you too, didn't I? Uh, we saw Cloverfield Lane. Oh yeah. The, the no, we saw the first one together. No, I saw it with David. Oh, well, who did I? I, I saw don't know it with David it. before I even met you. Oh. That came out before we met. There was a time before we met. There really? was. Wow. There was. It was a long time ago, but it existed. Um. Oh man, there's other ones too. I'm sure. Oh, like the VHS movies. Yeah. One, two, and three. Uh, <laughs> nope, we're not talking about those movies. Um, Did you see Super Eight? I saw Super Eight. I like. Yeah, that's a found footage movie. Too. That's a decent one as well. Is yeah. that found footage? Yeah. Is it? It's like half and half. Okay. Because I remember there being a lot of really well composed shots, and the kids were protagonists. Yeah, it was like the kids were making a movie, and a lot uh, of the okay. shots you saw was their movie. Um, and what else? I haven't seen Project X. Oh, I recently I saw Troll Hunter, which is a Norwegian film. Norwegian film Boy. footage f- movie where they go troll hunting. It's it's kind of the same premise of of the Blair Witch Project where it's these college students doing a documentary about like bear hunting or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... But why was it called troll hunting if it was bear well, hunting? they get in over their heads. Okay. And I came to this conclusion about found footage movies. Um, and that is that the characters have to be really, really good for it to work. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters have to make sense. And the characters have to be engaging. Um, not necessarily likable. I don't I don't know if the, the Blair Witch characters are likable. Nope, they're not. Um, but they're at least understandable. They feel real. Yeah. Um... And where a lot of them fail is they show you too much and you hear too much. And it 
like like in Chronicle near the end when the kid is like super powering out and he's got like people's iPhones flying up into the air mm-hmm. and it starts cutting around like an actual movie. Right? Because yeah. he's using his superpowers to frame all the shots. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why didn't they just make this a conventional movie? Why does this have to be found footage then? Right? The the beauty of found footage is is the I don't know what's going on sometimes because yeah. these kids are too scared to do anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of good segments of the VHS movies, the three nope. of them. And I know you hate them because of the first segment from the first one. Yeah, I... Nope. And and you won't ever watch them ever again. Never. And that's fine. I, I rewatch those movies often. Gross. Um, where, where there's stuff like that. So... So Blair Witch does this really well, um, and I, I'm a fan of this in art, where they like, where people just kind of deliberately don't show you things, or or mm-hmm. or trust you to be smart enough to know things. I really like it when movies trust me, um, and Blair Witch didn't necessarily do this, but it kind of felt like it could have been doing that. Mm-hmm. So there's a point where they're running at night. It's really one of the only scenes where they're running at night, and Heather screams, "What the f is that?" Yeah, and then we never see what it is. You know what it is. We know what it is, but we don't see the, it. The filmmakers got one of their buddies to dress up in white long johns and stand in the woods. Really? For when they chased them out, because they were going to have them run, in, or they, they ran in the direction of the trail, because they're not going to run into the woods. Mm-hmm. And he was standing there off in the distance, and so she turns her head and sees him and is startled and screams, what the F is that? And they were hoping that she would have the wherewithal to, like, mm-hmm. pan the camera over to show him so there would be a white figure in the woods. And she doesn't because she's terrified and running through the woods at night. See, well, then, that part of that, like, that makes sense. But then at the same time, I feel like all of them would already have, like, their guards up or something. Like, they would all be expecting. They're like, we know we're in this horror movie. We know scary stuff is supposed to happen. So why would they be so scared by that? Well, I mean, so there, there's lots of different things that happened. One, um, they, the, they shot the film in eight days, and all of the days except for one, they slept in their tents. Okay. They were filming and in character constantly, except for a few times when they like had to use safe words. And mm-hmm. to to get out, um, and the filmmakers gradually reduced the amount of food that they gave them. Hmm. Um, so the deeper into filming, and so they shot this fairly chronologically. Then too, yeah. um, the amount of food, or, or, or um, so so over time, they're being more tired, more grumpy, more hungry, and more worn out. Especially because they're doing all all of this yelling at each other all day. Um, yeah. That so they're not actually scared for their lives, but they're they're scared and tired and ready to go home. Okay. Um, and so the other thing in found footage movies too is is the question: Why are they filming still? Yeah. Like who? Like why are you still filming? Like, yeah, that's what I wanted. That's what they all kept saying to Heather. Yeah, and and she has a really great thing where she's just like, "This is this is it. This is all I have left. <laughs> like I'm terrified, and this is this is all I have left. This is the only thing grounding me to reality. This is the only thing keeping me sane. And I have to do this. Please let me do this." Um, and then Josh has another 
good thing too where he takes the camera from her and is filming her and he's like oh i see why you like this it's yeah. like a filtered version of reality yeah i like that a lot um but man man did i hate heather like the second time around i hated her so much she was awful she she was so selfish mm-hmm. um and it was just little things i noticed it where where I forget what it was it was maybe josh was crying over there and yeah. she's talking to mike and mike was just like hey just leave, le- him, leave alone. him alone he's he's really freaking out and she responds with we're all freaking out mm-hmm. and i'm like you shut up just let him be yeah. like yeah we know but he's freaking out the most like uh that's like such a pet peeve of mine when people are like oh but i know how you feel so let's talk about how i feel right now yeah like let's well, talk about how deeply i understand how you feel by not talking about how you feel well it's just people trying to relate but i thought that mike he was he was also very selfish mm-hmm. josh was the only character in the movie who like i felt like was a decent person yeah. throughout the movie which kind of sucks for him at the end but anyways so mike yeah he threw their freaking map in the river mm-hmm. and he like kept saying over and over and over how are you sure you know what you're doing because yeah. he just couldn't let heather be in charge which i get it heather's whatever but still like she's like yeah i got it man yeah still he's just like nope yeah well and the thing the fact that like those two characters didn't know each other well like josh was the link between the two of them um it was interesting in the trivia there are multiple accounts of like actually like if you looked at all of the footage actually josh and heather argued the most and most heatedly and the reason why it was josh's character that disappeared Mm -hmm. was because they were bickering too much that it was like getting in the way of an actual story really yeah so they pulled him out of the tent one night and were like okay bro like you're you're dead now and he was <laughs> like oh dope there's an alice in chains concert i want to go to because it's 1999 um <laughs> and so he was dead um like originally i think it was supposed to be mike who 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 died i would have preferred that to be honest yeah um but there, there Although were, they all died, so I guess yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> there, there were there were parts in it too where Mike sort of seemed like he was trying to be the peacemaker, but he was doing it so terribly. Oh yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like nobody in that group of three filmmakers and storytellers were very good communicators, which is funny to me. But also having been through broadcasting school and knowing a lot of film people it's like really accurate like they felt really accurate is there a spider on the wall there's a spider on the wall spider on the wall behind me (laughs) spider update everyone (laughs) our apartment has lots of spiders um do we want to talk about uh, let's talk about the story a little bit more i liked how this might be the only horror movie i've ever seen where nobody tries to have sex with another character yeah like none of the characters showed really any sexual interest in heather or and she didn't show any interest in either of them well that could be because it was a found footage movie and if any of that stuff was happening they probably would have turned off the camera for that there was true but i mean like in cloverfield there's a part where like the nerdy kid has the camera and he like definitely just like zooms in on some girl's boobs yeah and um like in don't breathe um goosebumps kid was into (laughs) was into blonde girl yeah and 
Oh, what else? We watched Nightbreed recently. There was a romantic Ugh. thing in there. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I think it's funny because I always really appreciate movies and TV shows and books where they don't do the expected things with love triangles and romances and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it's always so refreshing. And then it's really weird because as I write things, like, that's always what I want to write. And I don't understand why. But anyways. Sure. yeah. I thought that it was a really good idea to not include any sort of Definitely. romantic whatever in that movie because it would just like it would add this unnecessary element and take people out of the scariness of it. Yeah. Um definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Like I never understand why unless it's like a torture porn type um, movie. Gross. <laughs> and and not like literal porn, but like like the piranha movies and mm-hmm. anything where there's like girls at a beach and people are getting eaten by some sort of aquatic animal like yeah the point of that movie is sex and gore mm-hmm. right um and so like aside from those sorts of horror movies i don't understand why there's romance unless it's pre-established romance yeah unless it's you know like poltergeist or something mm-hmm. where like it's a married couple who have something her- terrible happening to them um so one more thing about like the 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 style of filmmaking, mm-hmm. um, and I talked to you about this briefly before I decided that we were going to watch this sh- or movie for this episode. But um, so they didn't really have a script; they had right. brief outlines. There's a really good article on Broadly, which is the like feminist arm of Vice Media. Okay. Um, with the filmmakers and stuff where they talk about how yeah they just they gave the three actors um, GPS's and envelopes every morning that said your character needs to hit these points here's a checklist of things you need to hit Um, we'll be watching go ahead and so like I said, the characters were the actors were all in character for the most part. Mm-hmm. They had decided ahead of time that that's what they were going to do. They um, all of the dialogue was improvised, and um, that scene at the end, the sort of iconic scene where Heather has the camera up in her face and it's nighttime and she's saying goodbye to everybody. The filmmakers didn't know that was happening until they started editing the film, mm-hmm. and that's really really cool. Um, that really speaks a lot to them as actors. Yeah. Because I be like you I think you mentioned that like at the beginning of the movie maybe or or before the movie or something, but if you hadn't mentioned that, I would not have known that this was not completely scripted. Like it all felt like it all felt too real to be real, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. It was like because if it was actually real, which it was, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like them like really reacting to things do you think it would be like way too over the top and not able to be controlled within the scenes yeah but like it wasn't yes well the the filmmakers definitely looked for actors with improvisational backgrounds Mm. so heather donahue like was part of a sketch comedy troupe and was doing some like off off broadway feminist stuff and Mm -hmm. One guy was working with a filmmaker who was doing all kinds of weird experimental stuff, so this seemed tame to him, and the other guy was probably doing some improvisational stuff, too. 
thusly, this was not anything new to them. Right. You know? And that's that's just another thing that's really cool. And another, like, thing that I think is missing in found footage movies, because I always feel like the found footage movies are too scripted. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's the cool thing, too, like, about editing, right? So, like, they just... They give them so much material. Like, mm -hmm. if you had a script... You can't write a script that good. Right. Um, but you can edit eight days worth of conversations to be that good. Yeah, you definitely. Know? So, so I think that's just another great thing. So let's talk about um, whether or not the film was real and uh, sort of the backlash that happened from that. And we can talk about movies based off of uh, true events. Okay. So at the beginning, you asked me, "Is this, is this real?" Mm -hmm. Well, and by that I meant, is it like based on a true story? And by true story, I don't mean is the ghost real. I mean, did people actually think the ghost was real? Yes. Um, so the Blair Witch is not a thing. And okay. There is no town in which that is a thing. It's completely made up by the um, filmmakers. They made up the mythology. They decorated the house with the the symbols in it and everything and um so that's not real however the film was so good <laughs> that a lot of people thought it was real oh i'm sure um like oh okay i have a feeling you know where this is going like that hunting season and like for the next like three summer or three falls Hunting in those woods sucked so bad for the local hunters because so many people were tromping through those woods mm. trying to find the Blair Witch that, like, all the deer were gone because oh. there was just all people. There were so many people in those woods and the deer were like, no. <laughs> um, the There was really good viral marketing, too. Yeah. That's actually something I had heard about this movie without no, like without ever seeing the movie. Like, I heard that this was, like, the first viral marketing movie okay what do you know about it about about the marketing that they did um i know like well this was like what 1999 or something it was yes so like the internet was like a thing but like not thing a thing that it was a lot more wild west yeah so like i feel like i i remember hearing that it was like there were like billboards up with missing posters or something like that mm -hmm. yep and that there's like a like a college nearby where they filmed and so like the students thought that well first they thought the ghost was real and they were like actually making a documentary about the ghost and then they thought that the movie well then that kind of spread like word of mouth about the movie so it became sort of viral without being on the internet mm -hmm. that's pretty much all i know okay they had a website um, which you can find if you go to blairwitchproject.com slash project. Um, you can see it. It's all archived there, and it treats it very much like it's a real thing. The um, marketing department had the IMDb profiles of the three actors changed um, to missing, presumed dead. Really? Yes. Wow. Um, That's so funny. <laughs> and, um, yes, people... 
sent bereavement cards to Heather Donahue's mother. Really? Yep. They sent her all kinds of all kinds of cards. <laughs> and that, then she was probably thinking, hmm, my daughter's making a movie. Did she like die while she was making there, this movie? There was a point in which she was worried about her daughter because she her daughter had gone into the woods with a bunch of dudes. Well, yeah. And, uh, you know, it was 1999. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Heather Donahue's mother received sympathy cards from people who believe that her daughter was actually dead or missing. Numerous fans were so convinced of the Blair Witch existence that they flocked to Maryland in hopes of... Oh, Maryland. Oh. I mean, it was one of those M states. <laughs> They're in the East. Who cares? Yeah. yeah New Englanders. <laughs> Uh, so they fled to Maryland in hopes of discovering the legend. They apparently did not read the closing credits of the film, in which it says this is not a real film. Oh, I didn't read the well, closing credits of the film. At the end of most films, they have that disclaimer where it's like, this is a work of fiction. Yeah. All resemblances to real people are purely coincidental. You oh. can't, please just don't sue us. Right? So that's what it said. Yeah. Just like okay. it says at the end of any movie. Like, yeah. Well, nobody pays attention to that. Um, at the end of Selma, actually, they had something like that, but it was like, this is not a documentary and we tried to be as accurate as possible but this is still a fiction movie oh. like read a history book yeah <laughs> um let's see uh let me just read through some things to maintain the film's fear factor the three main actors agreed to stay in character for the entire eight days i said talk about that oh um so there there were a lot of things that they did like when they were talking about like hearing cackling or children playing in the woods mm-hmm. it was the filmmaker standing outside the tent with boom boxes that's with, evil. With just tapes of like children playing and laughing, and they would just like hit play. And so Josh's screaming that you hear near the end of the film, mm-hmm. like at night and stuff, is he, he's not there. They just had him do that in some recording booth somewhere, and they put it on a boombox, and they stood in the woods and just say anything style. Just see, that's something that I was really annoyed about is that they kept hearing josh's screaming Mm -hmm. but they could never figure out where it was coming from and that bothered me so much because i wanted to know where either josh being tortured or josh's ghost was like i Mm -hmm. thought they were gonna find him in that stupid house and they never did and that irritated me so much i think that's the point so that's the cool thing too is that i don't think the movie we didn't watch the movie in surround sound but i don't think the movie could be done in surround sound like i don't think it's mixed in surround sound oh because it couldn't be because they have a mic on the camera right and so that's cool because as the audience you also don't know where it's coming from then like you can't set up a 5.1 surround sound system and just be like oh he's he's back there Mm -hmm. you know turn around guys do that um, also, think about how dizzying that would be if it was in surround sound because they're always whipping around. Yeah. Like, that would, the amount yeah. of panning that, that would have to be would make you drop your phone in the <laughs> middle of a podcast Sorry. or something. Um, so, like, the tent rattling, too. That was the filmmakers. They just, like, walked up to the tent, didn't tell them that they were going to do that while they were sleeping, and just started shaking the tents. Huh. Again, I say that's evil. It is! <laughs> But it made for a great movie. Yeah, it did. Um, so, it, so that's another thing. I kind of want to circle back to the to the like the found footage things. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie really benefited from the less is more sort of thing, and I kind of talked about it with like the guy, but like also with audio stuff too. Like, there's a lot of stuff that is hard to hear. Yeah. Like, especially the first nights where they're talking about like cackling and stuff. And you're like, yeah, I, I, I really, never heard I that. I really hear that. 
because they're kids, right? They're kids. They're not super great with cameras. They're not super mm-hmm. great with audio. They forget to turn stuff on. So, like, you can't hear it. You just sort of have to, like, trust, right? Yeah. And so you're left to figure it out as they are. And I think that that's a good thing about horror, too. It completely immerses you in it. Yeah. Like, you, you have to, you, like, you're trying to figure out what's happening as they are. Mm-hmm. I talk about this a lot when I talk about, like, fish out of water films. Like, how yeah. I hate them because I hate knowing that much more than the character. Yeah. Because then I'm just waiting for them to know as much as me. But in, in the case of this movie, like, I never felt like I knew more than them. Yeah. You know? Like, even on the second watch through, like, there were times where I was just like, ugh. You know, like, especially with, like, a lot of fighting and stuff or, like, them not knowing what direction to go. That irritated me so much. Pick one direction and keep walking in that direction. You're going to get lost if you keep changing your mind. And also, if you keep walking straight in one direction, you're going to hit something eventually. Mm-hmm. Whereas they keep doubling back and saying, oh, this isn't getting us anywhere. Well, how would you keep going? See where you end up. Well, that one Giving day they, supposed, they supposedly walked south all day and ended up in the same place, which sort of leads you to believe that some supernatural elements are happening. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I thought they were just like hungry and tired and confused. And so they thought they were walking I south. I mean, that's that's the beauty of the film is that that could also be the case. Hmm. Yeah. Um. There in in on IMDb, in the like goofs section, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff like that where they're like it says they're going south, but you can definitely tell that they're walking into the sun, which would Ugh. mean that they're walking west. And I'm like, man, they may think they're walking south. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, there's a point where I just have to like believe the characters mm-hmm. more than I believe like the technique of the filmmaker, because again, like. There's no script, right? Like right. those actors might just suck with directions and might just be like, I think I think that's south, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a point in which they say, like, which witch is the good witch? The wicked or yeah. the, the east or the west? Actually it's the north that's the good one. We're, oh yeah. Okay. You know, like that's just being in the woods, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that's just being tired. You're where you're like, which one's the, which, like I I can only remember the two witches. Which one's the good one? West or east? And it's like I think east. Okay, let's go east. And it's like, well, you should have gone north. <laughs> also, that's some pretty good logic. <laughs> that's how I'm going to pick which that, direction we're that walking. Is, that is, I know we're going to die. Let's yeah. just keep going. Logic. Yeah. Um. The slime on Josh's backpack. Mm-hmm. KY jelly. Really? Wink wink. <laughs> um, oh, in the initial draft, Josh was intended to have a strong romantic interest in Heather. In several of the scene instructions given to the actors on the call back auditions, was instructed that Josh take note of how attractive Heather was and how dejected he should be that she seemed oblivious to this. Eventually, the idea was scrapped as fear the movie would become too cliche. Good. There's a lot of things in trivia like that where they're like, what if we like show them the witch and it's like a giant stick monster? And then they're like, no, let's not do that. Yeah. Like, Man, I'm so glad you didn't do that. Yeah. Good, good job second guessing your instincts there. That's it's, pretty great. It's like all those stories about how George Lucas initially wanted the first Star Wars movie where it's like, let's have... Uh, C-3PO be like a greasy used car salesman type. Oh, yeah. Let's have Han Solo be like a blue alien. 
it's like, man, like, I'm really glad that you didn't do that. I'm yeah. so glad you didn't because that would have been a shitty movie. That would have been so bad. Um, it held the the record for the highest grossing independent movie of all time until October 2002 when it was surpassed by My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Huh. That's interesting. So if I could get on my pretentious art boy soapbox right now. Mm-hmm. So this is the problem with Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> you know? Um, and I'll let your imagination wander from there. But like, <laughs> seriously? Like, that's... <sighs> okay, uh, but okay. Let me let me bring this to a place that is probably not at all relevant. Okay. However, this movie came out in 1999. Mm-hmm. Everyone was super carefree. And they're like, hey, it's 1999. Things are good. Yeah, Y2K might happen, but probably not. And so everybody was like... I'll just be scared that's fine let's just go watch a scary movie because i know it's not real however 2002 when my big fat greek wedding came out 9 11 just happened and everybody wanted something uh, fun and light-hearted so that's what so, they went to go so see shows my big fat greek wedding hey there might not have what other independent movies were released in 2002 i mean there I probably wasn't a lot there was a lot of 9 11 movies really that's incredibly that loud oh my god in 2002 oh my god like like september 12th they had like four of them come out oh my dude they like cashed right in on that like if you want to be depressed at how how money grubbing hollywood is just go look at that like there's a bunch and they all came out like immediately like i can picture documentaries coming out that soon but like actual movies oh yeah michael moore his 9-11 documentary came out like the day before like he was ready Hmm. um but yeah, like I like there was an Adam Sandler movie, 9/11 movie, Nicolas Cage was in one. No, you're There's making that Tom, up. An well, Adam Sandler 9/11 yes. movie. It it was like the aftermath of 9/11. He like lost his family and he had a black friend. Like no one has seen this movie. I've never heard it's, of this. It's a thing. There was a point in time where Adam Sandler was going to make actual movies. And it was in the late 90s, early 2000s like he did that and he did the paul thomas anderson movie adam sandler was in a paul thomas anderson movie katie okay and um then he was just like no i just like money so then he made like jack and jill one through eight and paul blart mall blarp two he wasn't in that he made it though it was his production company he did yeah it's a happy madison oh. production like adam sandler's sole source sole like purpose in life is just to give him and his dumb friends as much money as possible which is why in the longest yard which we just finished watching there's gatorade mcdonald's and espn stuff everywhere Mm -hmm. in that movie because they're like well if no one sees this movie at least we still got a million dollars from advertisements well you can't really fault the guy for that i mean like there's different kinds of actors for different kinds of tastes and yada yada. So he's doing what he wants to do with his life. That's great. He's still a fraud. He's still a hack fraud who isn't In making In your art. opinion, there are plenty of people I know who say, yeah, I love Adam Sandler movies. Adam Sandler movies are my favorite. I know people who snort Adderall, too. It doesn't mean they're <laughs> smart or good people. So what? I'm just saying. Let's move on. We're not going All to right. agree on this. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. So Heather Donahue and Michael C. Williams were unaware that Josh Leonard were going to disappear near the end of the shoot. 
Um, originally it was going to be Mike, um, but the directors left a note for Leonard instructing him to wait for the others to fall asleep and then leave the tent. They had to wait 45 minutes before calling him out, telling him you're dead, and he was glad to leave because there was a Jane's addiction, not Alice and James, Jane's addiction. Um, concert that he wanted to go to, so boop, 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 so good for him. Um, so, oh, we were talking about Backlash, too. So, because it was 1999, mm-hmm. like, this was a completely new sort of horror movie. Um, not in in the terms that it was a found footage horror movie. There were a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the fact that it's not traditionally scary. You right. never, ever, ever see the monster. Right. Um, there's no gore, really. There's a scene with hair and teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just a bunch of people being scared in the woods. Um, and a lot of people at this point weren't used to shaky cam found footage movies either and um so a lot of people hated this movie i can see that yeah like a lot of people were really upset and disappointed and so like people sent heather donahue death threats really yeah like they were like man i wish you'd really died that's mean wow because you, you made such a terrible movie um when they should have been sending those letters to Adam Sandler. <sighs> he said facetiously. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but yeah. What? I want to ask you a question. So we're 45 minutes into this episode. Yes. Um, do you do you have any any sort of more thoughts on on the movie any other sort of things that you wanted to say or things that have popped into your head now that we've been talking about it a little bit more well do you want to talk about how this is like a pretty cool feminist film because like the woman is in charge the whole time and she's she's kind you know i i did say earlier that she's really selfish but she's kind of a badass she is but like especially for 1999 yeah I don't know. I th- I agree that it is a feminist movie and the fact that like the girl was basically in charge the whole time until the guys like decided to be like no, you don't know where you're going and I'm going to take this map from you and yada yada. But I don't think like I don't know if that was intentional. And I don't know if it had to be intentional for it to be a thing. Yeah. But I mean, I think that was probably just the nature of having the main character be a female. Like, if the main character had been Josh, Heather probably wouldn't have been, like, a feminist character. Mm, yeah, maybe. I mean, part part of it is just that the actress is, you know, she was in into that sort of scene. Like, that yeah. was her thing, right? Um I think the movie benefits from being seen mostly through her eyes. How so? Um, it's mostly her holding the camera and, and sort of narrating things. Yeah, but how does it benefit from that? Um, I don't know. Just like of the three characters, I feel like she's the one that I, I believe would be holding the camera the most, you know? Well, yeah. You know, I, I, I like, I believe her character the most. I feel like her character is kind of the most fleshed out of the characters. Like, I f- yeah, I couldn't remember the other guy's name. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't even remember Mike's name, right? Like, 
Um, like, there's a lot of things that are inferred about the characters, and I just feel like her acting job was the best. Like, I feel like I know that character the best because of, of, of that actress being as strong as she was. Okay. On an unrelated note. Yeah. I could not understand how these actors slash characters were able to sleep every night. Every night, they were able to fall asleep. No matter if there was an unseen ghost, no matter if they heard cackling and children screaming or laughing or whatever it was, no matter if there was KY jelly all over his backpack the night before, they were always able to fall asleep. And I don't understand because I sometimes can't fall asleep when there is a thunderstorm. So how can they fall asleep when there is a ghost on the loose in the middle of these woods? You can't fall asleep if I'm watching Archer too loud. Well, yeah. I mean, that's right in my ear, though. Um, Well, one, the cameras aren't rolling the whole time. We don't know how much they sleep. There could be a lot of tossing and turning and sitting around. Um, Two, they are hiking all day. Um, they are hiking all day. Um, and three, I think there is one night where they don't sleep. I think it's where they run. It's just Mike and Heather and they run out of the tent and are like leaning up against a tree until the sun comes up. Well, yeah, that was after Josh disappeared. I don't think anybody would be able to sleep after that. Um, and then that also really like bothered me, but also was quite realistic in the fact that you mentioned earlier that because these kids were doing the filming that like it wasn't great we didn't always catch everything we're supposed to see like the guy in the woods or whatever like that felt super realistic because when you're scared you're not taking in all of the details i don't think but as the viewer of this movie i thought it was really obnoxious to not be able to like tell what was going on because the camera was moving around so much and because they weren't like focusing the camera on anything and so it was kind of i felt kind of conflicted about it because i thought that was realistic but at the same time because i was viewing this as a fictional movie it was annoying yeah so i i liked it because it felt real Mm -hmm. like it added to the realness of it for me um and two like i'm so desensitized to shaky camera now like action movies do this all the time where they're like well instead of hiring a good fight choreographer and having our actors learn how to stage fight we'll just shake the camera around a lot to compensate for the fact that nothing interesting is really happening Mm -hmm. um and so i'm so used to the camera shaking around anyway that at least this time it made sense that the camera was shaking around yeah that's true Um, i like i don't like it like there there are certain times in movies where there's a a concept in in filmmaking called frame within a frame where mm-hmm. like the picture is the whole frame and then so they'll like something will in inside of the picture will be framing the character either will be literally yeah. looking at them through a window or through blinds or there will just be like tree branches arranged mm-hmm. in a certain way that sort of like frame their face right I don't like it when there's a, a handheld camera shot through a window at a character or through like something sort of voyeuristic like that where it's just like a narrative shot and not like a point of view. And if it's handheld, like, yeah, 
I like David Fincher a lot because he just sets a camera on a tripod and says, go. Yeah. Like Wes Anderson does that all the time. Like, what was it that we watched recently? Life it was Life Aquatic. Aquatic, where there were like a couple like really literal or really, really noticeable handheld camera shots. And mm-hmm. like, I was like, whoa. Yeah. What is this? Like, did he, was he sick that day? Was Wes Anderson not there and they let the intern run the camera? Or like, what happened here? Um, my, my favorite camera shots are paintings that just have some people moving around in them. So for me to say that I like the camera work in this or appreciate it is, I think, speaks to the fact that, like, it makes sense. I don't want to say it's good because it's not mm-hmm. good. Like, Heather, not Donahue, technically Heather good. Donahue didn't know how to run those cameras, you right. know, like, but like it fits with the characters. It makes sense. And, and again, it adds to that, like, it's a found footage thing. This is, like, the best that the people who found the footage could cobble together. Right. You know? Um, I want to know who found this footage and where they found it. Like, if that if there was actually a guy in the house who made him stand in the corner, why would he have left the cameras there? So, with the DVD that we rented, there was that... Blair Witch documentary mm-hmm. and that came out and people could buy it or download it um, and on that website it talks about it that, that I mentioned earlier um, all of the camera stuff was found underneath that house in, in the lore of this story right? Mm-hmm. in this world it was all found underneath the house um, and like in the documentary apparently they they interview some like anthropologist or paleontologist or something and he's like yep there's no reason those should be there like the way that they're buried makes no sense for how old that house is so during the search for these people because they've been missing Mm -hmm. they find the house and find the tapes and decide to just dig under the house for no reason okay interesting yeah (laughs) see that's where a lot of those things fall apart too like that's the thing with um Cloverfield, where they're like, this is a found footage thing that we'd found. And, like, at the beginning of it, there's all that, like, the government sort yeah. of, like, this is classified and the military. And then, Burr. based on all of the torment they went through through that movie, there's no way that footage should have survived. Oh, yeah. They got bombed to yeah. death at the end of it. The footage should not have survived on that camcorder. Well, and also, like, that's the thing with found footage movies, too, where it's... um. Why would you assemble this into a film? Mm-hmm. And why would it be 90 minutes long if you have all of this other hours of footage? Right. Um, like, why would you choose this medium? It makes sense for the Blair Witch, at least in my mind, because the kids, it, it's sort of respectful to the kids who are trying to make it, right? They were trying to make a documentary, so the people who found it and cobbled the footage together said, well, let's make it a documentary type thing let's like let's make it a feature film for these kids mm-hmm. sort of like for their memory or whatever like doesn't make sense that the government is going to make a 90 minute narrative found footage film with this footage right like they would just take the stills of the monsters and, and say put it on fbi's most wanted and, and, <laughs> and they just be like well dope like you know they, they would take like the six minutes of like actual monster footage and they would just rewind it over and over right. and over again to figure out how to kill the monster like they wouldn't make a 90 minute film that starts in the dude's bedroom in the morning after he's right. just had sex with his girlfriend like th- they wouldn't do that there's no point mm-hmm. you know they wouldn't worry about having a character act. 
So, any final words? Um, I liked this movie. Mm-hmm. I had a love-hate relationship with the end. Mm-hmm. That is all. <laughs> okay. Would you recommend people see this movie? I know they've already seen the movie, but if for yes, some reason... Yes, every single person has already seen this movie. Yes. Um, yes, I would recommend it because if not because it sounds interesting to you, but because it's kind of like a big cultural piece. Like everybody knows this movie, whether they've seen it or not. Mm-hmm. And it's like referenced in so many things. And I think it's definitely worth a watch. And you will probably never want to go into the woods again. <laughs> yes. I, I think I think if if you aren't going to watch it for entertainment value, you should at least watch it um from a storytelling or filmmaking perspective because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of bad horror movies horror movies are easy to make and really easy to make poorly and people don't tend to care because it's a cheap thrill Mm -hmm. um but you can make it good you can make it be like high art and um you should watch this movie and you should demand more out of the movies that you watch so watch this movie buy it buy it somewhere pay some money for it so that people make more good movies like this what are we what uh so so the way that this show goes is that we're going to alternate every week i showed you a movie this week Mm -hmm. and and um for next week you're going to show me a movie yes so what are you planning on showing me next week we are going to watch the kings of summer all righty sounds good more more patriarchy in my movies is, is, is all i can assume <laughs> all right so until then keep talking keep loving and keep sharing oh <laughs>